Welcome back to Two C's with a pod. Hey, back at the new year. Took a few weeks off because, uh, well, that's what we do now. I mean, we just shut things down. Like we just we can't be expected to work um, over. If the, listen, I, I really feel like people should probably be. We should be getting a lot of flowers because Martin Luther King Day is next week. So to that's expect right. us to work between New Year's and Martin Luther King Day is it's asking a lot. It really is. It really is. And, you know, one of our prior episodes, I think like six months ago, um, was about favorite holidays. And that was one of our... I, I think, think it was uh, It was three episodes ago, Matt, was which was three? six months ago. That's what I mean. I mean, I think it's been a minute, but um, I do remember how we... So for me, MLK, I celebrated all month. You know what I mean? So, right. So me being here yeah. right now is really a... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a sacrifice, but I'm willing to do I it. Mean, Man, you know they they should really be appreciating it and you know quite frankly I, you know it's huge of you actually to show up because i do remember that you get the entire month of january off to celebrate and yeah. then you get the entire month of february off you got to celebrate the presidents big okay? big presidents guy here we got to take march off you know can't forget our irish friends Oh, this is an election year, by the way. Can you believe that as well? I've forgotten yeah. that that happened. Yeah, as well. I've been. I was kind of flipping through just the 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 stories of the year, and it it dawned on me again as well that this year we are in for another. I'm sure, just wonderful and pleasant, and you know, just bringing the nation together type election. Again, I am going to be interested in how your mindset is. Yeah, with your with your Twitter abandonment, I don't know if that's the right way, but with you not on Twitter, yes, like just not being constantly fed and consuming political stuff. So you'll you'll be like the common folk and just have to get it on every TV commercial. Can't wait for the NFL season next year. Um, Yeah, think about think about what the NFL is going to look like. Major League Baseball, the World Series is going to be on October. It ruins you too. I just know that the (laughs) children hate politics now, and every politician, I'm always like, why do you hate this person so much? They're like, because they ruin my YouTube shows because their commercials come on every five seconds during my Twitch stream or whatever the (laughs) hell they're watching. I don't even know if that's a thing. but Well, speaking of years, man. Yeah. Thought this would be uh, since this is our first official twenty four pod. Um, I thought we would uh, maybe do a recap. You know, maybe just you know some highlights, some big things. You know, I don't know that we necessarily need to go well on January fourth of twenty twenty three. And then yeah, let me get my January, notes out. I went to work and yeah, I, I worked and I met with this guy and he said no. And then at nine o'clock that day. Yeah. No, I just thought, uh, you know, maybe, um, yeah, I know that we both, this time last year, you know, I mean, there was a lot of uncertainty and maybe some unknowns. I know speaking for myself, professionally, I still hadn't maybe hit a a level of achievement. I thought that I was ascending towards it, Um, but I by no means had done something where I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm all about it. And, you know, if you, if we think about where you were, um, you know, this time last year, uh, man, Mr. Campbell was going back to school. Oof. That you is. Know? So, yeah. 
No, it's it's what? a really uh, incredible difference in in a short period of time. Yeah, for both of us, in some ways, there's been a lot of, and that's exciting because I think for for both of us, you know, for the most part, these are you know very positive, um, you know, changes personally. So yeah. that's the other exciting thing is to be able to say that as well. So, what was your biggest? Uh, what, what would you say your biggest moment was for uh, for twenty four, twenty three? Man, okay. Let's wow. let's script write twenty four while we're at it. So the you know, I mean, I I did catch a leaked uh, leaked version of the NFL's uh, twenty three playoff twenty four playoff script. Um, yeah, we're we can just skip past that. <laughs> okay, good, good, good to know. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, for me, yeah, it's definitely you know. Um, a change professionally that I think, you know, for me really changed a lot of things kind of mentally and emotionally for me kind of, you know, on a personal level as well. So like, and, and and I think it just reminded me so much, you know, that probably, I mean, it's said quite often, you know, and it's kind of almost like a cliche, but like, there is no like worse killer than stress, you know, and then, than anxiety and stress of, and whether it be coming from, you know, just personal life or professional life or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, that that has a very physical manifestation, you know, that happens. It has a, you know, kind of, it just takes a, a huge toll, you know? And so when you do lift that toll, and I think you, you had a very similar experience in a, in a, in a quite different way, but maybe kind of a similar, you know, kind of emotional and personal effect for you that like, that change, you know, and lifting some of that stress and anxiety, because I don't think like it completely goes away and everything, you know, but that's a huge, you know, um, I don't know, it's a huge positive and a huge change for your whole life, you know, so that for me, yeah, just just getting away from teaching in some ways and right and thinking about it now is like knowing that I would be going back and like, this is a really tough time of year in schools and for teachers through this time, you got parent teacher conferences coming up already, you know, now you've had the great time of like two and a half weeks off, right. You know, Christmas, it does remind you the one thing, you know, that the schedule is, is really nice at times, but then you're in a real slog after, you know, um, yeah. January when you come back. So how much time did you get off? at your was it like kind of a uh, hey we're gonna give you christmas and new year's and yes 100 percent yeah and oh and guess what like the worst i don't know if it's the worst scenario because it, it's good and bad but like the holidays fell on my days off right too as well so that was also kind of like i didn't get really in some ways any extra time off i even worked a little bit and i volunteered for it too which i think that probably is, it says something more than anything that I would even consider working more than what I have been, you know, paid or been contracted to work in some ways, you know, like in this new job. So I think, you know, I even worked a little extra, but it doesn't feel that way. You know, I don't feel well, and like I think hard. that's, and that's where I'm at too, is that like, um, you know, I think when you have professional stress, and you're maybe not as satisfied in your job. Now, whether that's by your own doing or not, but regardless, if, if you are not satisfied professionally, I think it makes it very, very difficult 
to be satisfied in the other aspects of your life. I think that if you're if you're doing well at work, it it just it, it just flows to everything else, right? It flows to your family life. It flows to you being a better friend. It flows to your emotional state, right? So like when you're doing well at work, you know, it's kind of like it it just flows. And the, yeah. I think the opposite's true too. I think that if you are stressed at work and maybe you're not making enough money or you're not making the money that you want to achieve the lifestyle that you have, then that stress kind of comes home. And I'm, I'll speak for myself. That stress comes home to where you kind of feel like you're letting people down by saying, no, we can't go out for lunch today. Or no, we can't go for dinner tonight because we don't have the money. Or no, we can't take that vacation. Or no, we can't. No, we can't. You constantly feel like you're constantly sacrificing time Mm -hmm. spent doing enjoyable activities because you're not making the money that you want if that's part of the, the job. And then that leads to the job dissatisfaction, right? So you can become, if you're doing the work that you like and you're making the money that you're okay with, right? Like, like I, I will just straight up say that 2023, I, I, I'd said that 2023 was my best year in a long time, maybe ever. And a lot of it had to do with the professional success that I achieved. Now, did I make the most money at my firm? Sure didn't. Not even close. Like mm-hmm. they're... You know, I may even be in the bottom, bottom third, but the work life, like I, I, Gen Xers get this, um, like, you know, the, Hey Boomer, the thing for us is it's all about our work-life balance. Gen Xers are only worried about work-life balance. And it's true. Like that's, that's really all that I care about. If I make enough money and I have enough time to do and the flexibility and freedom to kind of go do stuff with my kids or you know, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm so, I'm super happy, you know, tack another, tack another hundred grand on. And I don't know if I would be much more happy. I don't know if I would be happier at a hundred grand. If you told me that I had to take away the time and the flexibility to go spend it, you know, whether today I'll go have lunch with Annika because I'm I'm working from home. I don't, you know, I don't have anything over lunch. So I'll, I'll go up there and have lunch with her. That contributes to my job satisfaction. Sure, but you know, so I mean, that's- and what I'd I'd love to to kind of rewind the way we've set up, and we've had this conversation before, and I think we actually come at it probably with different points of view and different perspectives on it, but actually land in the same relative, you know, space and kind of what we have the same kind of intentions. Because I think for me, I'd love to kind of take it back to some point where we we didn't have like this 40 hour week that we didn't have like, and I do think we have a lot of, of, of folks to think that we actually only work that much, you know, like that there, there was a time in this, you know, world where folks worked tremendously longer hours and for probably less play pay and, and more dangerous and, and less, you know, kind of equitable situations. So like, I, but I but I would love to say that, like, we probably still are not at a point where, like, when you think of our lifespan and the time we have here on Earth and what we devote 
to a profession or a job or whatever it is, that's a large amount of our small life that is devoted to that. And I, I, I do wish that at some point we would have said, you know, maybe we could have, we could cut that down some, you know, because that's maybe an unrealistic and, and kind of sad, you know, expectation. Now, I think for you, you, you come at it a little different way of like, no, that's, that's very healthy that we have you know, goals and, and, and these things to kind of work for. And if you balance it, like you're saying, though, you do have to balance it. You're not saying go out and do 80 hours a week. You're saying do what works that allows you to live the life you want to live on the outside of job. And that's, that's where you find that work-life balance. And it is hard, you know, and I took definitely, a, a, you know, some, a pay cut, which is, incredible considering you know i was a teacher so like it's not it it already you know, i wasn't breaking the bank and so now i currently am but i would also say on the flip side that when you do get out into an industry that's a little bit differently framed it, it's incredible that in the short amount of time my work ethic and my commitment to the job has already i've already gotten raises i've already got promotions you know, in a six month time, whereas in, in, in education, it doesn't really work that way. You know, the teacher next door who is literally terrible and doesn't work near as hard as you do, she may make, or he may make double what you make purely because they've been there 10 years longer, or they have a piece of paper or whatever. And now I'm in this job where, you know, hey, if you work hard and you commit to it and you do well, you know, like you can just they just give you raises and they give you promotions and stuff like it's OK, you know, so it's a really interesting and, and different vibe. But I think you make such a great point that and, and, and to remember to like if you're not happy in that profession, too, I think you made the great point of like it is very financial based that you need to be making enough money in what you're doing to live the lifestyle that you want to live on the outside of your job. I think it's also important to know that if you are devoting so much of your life to a profession, that it be a profession that you like. I don't know that you have to love well, every job, you know, or whatever. But. So you're hitting on you're hitting on the Ben diagram. And I did say Ben diagram. <laughs> ben, ben. ben is so yes, smart. Ben, I really Ben. A well, so <laughs> Um, and I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but really in order for somebody to achieve job satisfaction, they need a Venn diagram. All right, yeah. I'm going to stop calling. They need a Venn diagram. And, and here's the three the three circles that have to overlap is number one, it has to be something that they enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Number two, it has to be something they're good at. Yeah. And number three, it has to be something that the world appreciates. <laughs> Meaning... Look, you and I really enjoy this podcast, and we're okay, maybe good at it. I don't know, but nobody's so. paying us to do it. Like no we're not one. getting, we're not no making, there. we're not making money to do it. So this cannot be our job. Like no. this cannot be. Now, there are times where, yeah, man, somebody will pay me. Like you hear all the time about people that they will pay me a lot of money to be an attorney. To go be, you know, to go, you know, like, look, a, a mutual friend of ours um, worked for uh, Philip Morris as an attorney. Sure. Yeah. And over time, he was like, I, I can't do this anymore. Making a ton of money, right? We're just, 
backing up the Brinks truck. But at some point you're like, hold on. I am like, I am like trying to argue that, you know, our product did not cause these people's death and therefore we shouldn't have to, you know, and so his job, he, he was good at it, but man, he certainly didn't enjoy it. And there's a level of selling your soul for it. Yes. That, that comes along with it. Yes. Well, and like, I enjoy playing basketball and pickleball and some sports but i'm certainly not good enough at it to where somebody's going to pay me to do it right and so so you have to find you have to find the the, where those three things will converge to really find that this is the job for you right like you may have really enjoyed teaching and you may have been pretty good at it but the money wasn't there and then when the money wasn't there then the enjoyment starts we stop remembering the enjoyment or what actually happened in your profession and we did an entire podcast on this so i don't need to redo it but the joy got sucked out of it because you wanted to be a teacher because you wanted to help kids and all you ended up being was a babysitter and a um, administrator you know do this admin work do all this other stuff other than teaching and I think that where people really start to lose their job satisfaction is when we get them out of what we hired them to do. Absolutely. Like I remember in a lot of the corporate places that I worked, like these IT guys, these guys would love to code and they'd love to develop and they'd love the creativity of problem solving and you know all of that. And they'd be really good at it. And what would they do? They'd promote them. Yeah. And then they stop coding and now they're managing people. And you know what they hate? People. People. Oh my gosh. Right. So, what so you have somebody that enjoys this. They have somebody that enjoys doing this, but you promote them because it makes more money to manage and lead these people that they don't really want to do it. They they would be just happy coding. So my anyway, job, man. What a- my my new job has a very element of that where I see guys, and I think my old job was the same. People love to teach. They would then get into administration because that's where the money's at. And it's about as far from teaching as you could possibly do and be. And there would be every once in a while you would see people go back to teaching, you know, because now they would have to have a certain level of comfortability money-wise to go back that much uh, and take that big of a pay cut, I would hope. But like you did hear that happen or they would often say that that was their biggest, you know, that what they missed the most was literally doing what they got into education to begin with. It happens in my new job when it comes to like there, there, there does Every job has a level of the supervisors do the paperwork and do kind of the the dirty work of the job that isn't what they got into the job to do, right? I mean, it just isn't, no one got in to grow plants, right? But they now do paperwork, you know, because these folks really love the nature side of it. They love the science part of it. They love the kind of, they're, they're pretty hippy dippy about that stuff, you know, but then to make the money in that industry as well, you've got to get out of the, the rooms of the plants and you've got to actually now yeah. be a, a, an office worker in a sense, well, me, which is, you hear I mean, them I, often. Say, I, I have that, that conversation with business owners all the time that are looking to sell their business. That's yeah. like, Hey bud, I know that you love doing X, Y, or Z, but nobody wants to buy your business and do X, Y, or Z. They want to buy the business and, you know, work on the business. Like they're not trying to make this business reliant on them. You know, like I'm meeting with a guy that's got an HVAC company. It's him, it's his truck, and it's some tools. It's like, what are you selling? 
you're selling a job, man. You're not selling a business. You're selling a job, right? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I mean, that's a great so, point, I mean, and I never thought about that. But you're exactly right. I mean, that's a yeah, tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, basically, you're selling you're selling a job. Like, well, I've got a customer list. Yeah, you probably have a customer list of people that are that they call you because it's you. And then as soon as you leave, be like, oh, thank God, I was looking to move on anyway, and now I don't have to deal with this new guy. So, uh, well, let's move off of uh, let's move off the the careers, man. What what else? Okay. Uh, what else was a big event? You want me to go? Yes, please. You yes. Right. How about hear. let's roll back to February? Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Tended a parade. You know, big parade guys. We're parade guys. We're parade um, guys now. We're huge. We're huge parade guys. Um, you know, so I mean, you know, I man, the second one is weird because it uh man, the second one's weird because like, you know, after that first one there's this huge sense of relief. Yeah. And then they went back and just got steamrolled. And you go into that third one and I know there's, I know, man, it is incredibly difficult and how hard it is to make it, but man, history looks so much different on you at one and two and two and one. Yeah. That crooked, that crooked letter on the winds, man, you look so much different. Like it becomes like, I know history smiles fondly on the 1990s Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Oh, and four and super four straight. What an accomplishment. And they lost them all. Right. Like, like that is not like, it's, I don't know, man. Like, like, it's like an asterisk. It's like an asterisk on a really incredible. It's like, it's, it's hard to argue too much that it's any different than what so I think to your point, it's hard to argue that it's any different than the success the Chiefs had in the 90s at that same time frame, right? Because they made the playoffs every year. They had a good or, – or most years. They had a good defense. Yeah. They they just never made it all the way. And so – Couldn't get – yeah. Got snake bit. Couldn't get past – couldn't get out of the playoffs. Couldn't get yeah. past the division round. Couldn't get past Buffalo. Whatever. Yeah. But then, you know, they – yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, to me, that second one – it's kind of like it's vindication. It's, it makes it, it not. I do. I do. I, I, a hundred percent agree. I think that the first one you could be like, well, you know, anybody, can, you know, and we of all people, by the way, we of all people know that anyone can't because anyone can. Like so I, uh, so yesterday or uh, two days ago, as we're recording, this was uh, the five-year anniversary of my grandpa passing away. Hmm. He passed away with the Chiefs leading the Titans 21 to 3 at halftime. Yeah. That, well, was the 20, that was the 22 oh. 21. 20, oh, yes, yes. So they the Mar- were Mariota to Mariota. Yes. And then, like, he passes away. And then the following September, there's a kid named Mahomes that starts at quarterback for the Chiefs. And I mean, what a what an amazing five years it's been. Yeah, from that yeah. season to where we're at now. I mean, we're at the point now to where we are six losses, division title, three seed. This, yeah, this is uh, yeah. you know, this is not the standard. So, I mean, I, I do think that in a matter of fifty years, where you're like, man, we haven't won one of these things. To then you win. 
two and what two and four years. Yeah, been in the game three out of four. Mm-hmm. Um, hosted five straight championship games. And suddenly, you become pretty. You quickly pretty become spoiled. spoiled. Right. <laughs> right? It's incredible, and I do think that I've tried to kind of. And that for me, more than anything, I think is you've mentioned, you know, that I've I've had been a little more even killed overall about a lot of things. And I think for the Chiefs in particular, that's and that win this February in some ways was like the the moment where like everything just kind of chilled for me. Everything just kind of got to a point where every argument could be that that this team wasn't worthy or this, you know, that Mahomes himself wasn't great or all the things that you might still kind of hear whispers of to me was over, you know, and now we really kind of hit that point of being very established. And it's such a, such a great, great point to think of this as being some sort of down year where we would have, you know, but, but I, but I also think it also is so interesting to to see the difference and what's the real difference here, Andy, the real difference is the playoff success, right? Because yeah. the chiefs for all our youth were never really that bad. And maybe that was probably worse, right? Maybe that was the worst part of it is that they were always, you know, you never were the lions, you know, I mean, in some ways the lion's success this year, the, the cool thing about that is how terrible, terrible they've been for so many years. It was almost kind of weird with Mahomes. Like we went from Alex Smith and Andy Reid and, and years of really solid football to then being like hitting that summit, you know? So it's really interesting where most folks go from garbage Right. I mean, to then getting to that point. And so we never really had that moment of like going. And I think yesterday, yesterday, kind of circling back all the way to to now, I think watching that football game yesterday was a good example of like, oh, man, you know, no matter what, (laughs) you know, a Pat, a bad Pat Mahomes game is a good it's it's just such a (laughs) blessing. Right. To watch opposed to like what we saw and it was a win and bless their hearts and bless Blaine Gabbards and all those backups that won yesterday. But like that was bad football at at it's, you know, just so bad. And and that's, that's every week for some teams, Andy, like some poor fans out there are watching that all the time, (laughs) you know? Well, and we were there, you know, like I remember trying to justify that Tyler Palco, you know, the, the pistol and Tyler Palco and, Yes, you know, we did have a like, brief. We had a brief spell with Todd Haley, Tyler Palco. It was between for it was between for meal, and as much as you know, I'm a huge Herman Edwards fan. I love her, but it's, it's his success here was not like he he was not a successful coach here. It was very Herm like. It was very. It yeah. was what Herm did. It was what and, all Herm always did. I mean, you plus, know, and then you rolled to Herm to Todd Haley, and then you know <laughs> Romeo Cornell, and then you know they hire Andy. You know, huh. but I mean, between Vermeil and you know, so there was a there was a good quiet eight nine year period there where it was not. I think Andy, awesome. Andy Reid and Herm are such a like the most opposites in some ways, and it does go to show you where like really you need the Andy Reid more than you need the Herm Edwards because I think by the time you're a professional football player, your self motivation has to be at a very high level, right? Whether and and whether it's the money, whether it's the glory of winning, whether it's just you love to compete at a level so high that you just love to beat the guy next to you. 
But like Herm was just that guy that, you know, you know, he gave such amazing speeches and, you know, he went in there and those guys just felt like a billion dollars. Right. Like when they walk out that that, man, we're going to conquer the world. Herm just Herm believes in me. God's on our side. Everybody is on our side here in this and we're going to take them on. And then, though, when it would come down to the actual football and calling plays, you know, and just stuff like that, you know, managing the clock, things that, you know, football related, where, you know, Andy Reid is the opposite. Like, do you, I, I guarantee you, I, I've never, I've never even seen, have you seen a motivating Andy Reid speech? Like you usually you see it, like you've seen Nick Sirianni's speeches out there. You've seen like some of the, you know, even some of these, like uh, Mike McDonald, some of his, or Mike, is it Mike McDonald? What's this guy's name? McDaniel. McDaniel, but I think you're talking about McDaniel. Yes, Mike McDonald is one of the Doobie Brothers, actually, um, who who has some. (laughs) Yeah, but but whatever it is, like you see these inspirational speech. I don't really see that from Andy. Like I just all these. Andy seems to be like the nerd in the background that like just writes up the plays. You know that he ain't rah rah. You know he's just out there. You know, so it is interesting to just see kind of where we've come from. And so, well, again, what a what a yeah, what you know, and like. Like, it's cool to, you know, I think one of the things that people should occasionally do on their phone is just pick a, pick a year and go back and scroll through your pictures. Yeah. And yeah. see, you know, kind of see what's going on back then. Because, like, like to me, one of the cool things is, like, you know, I put together a video of the girls' birthdays. And, yeah. like, I've got a selfie of me, Annika, and uh, Kara out front of Dick's Sporting Goods. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Like we're taking a picture outside of Dick's, but why? Because we just won the Super Bowl, right? Like we went out that night and got our gear. Yeah, you spent entirely too much money in an irrational. As much as if Dick's would like to, you know, sponsor us. Speaking of making money on this podcast, we're we're, we're not we're not here to you know gas up Dick's ever. So why would you take a selfie in front of Dick's, right? And so you have that moment of like, oh my gosh, that's right. It's when we got up early. And, or went out late and got those got that Super Bowl merch. Yeah. So, what an incredible so, thing! Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 what uh? What else? What other big? Uh, what other big happenings for you? Or that just newsworthy stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to kind of think about. Maybe that's the good thing, right? You know, like no major anything that just like pops like too too crazy for me at least. I don't know about for you. Yeah, man, I had a, a couple, you know, I kind of like, you know, I'm a goal setter. So, I, you know, I set my goals and I do it around October so that when, you know, I'm like already starting working on them. Um, yeah. You know, my, my calendar doesn't really run January to December. I have long believed that our years are actually like March to February. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, just because like people get into January and like new year, new me. And all of a sudden, you know, they're going to change. And then, but I don't think the year really starts to take shape until March. And I feel like January is just kind of a continuation of December and into February. And then really, then you start to, the year starts to create its identity somewhere in March. That's that's just my, my, my belief. But, you know, I was kind of looking back, man. And, and I took, um, I took several trips this year, you know, which was, you know, that's something that just I wasn't able to afford to do. But like we went to spring break in Panama City. Um, there's a song about that somewhere. Um, but uh, went to spring break in Panama City, <clears throat> spent a week in 
a few days MTV in New York. And, do you guys uh, do it MTV MTV Spring Break style? Were you down uh, there actually, with Carmen we, we Electra? Did go, we we did go to the uh, uh, okay. we did go to the restaurant that was uh, three doors down from the uh, featured in the MTV Spring Break. The, the MTV uh, no Florida Shore. I think, oh. or uh, like the Jersey Shore, <laughs> one of the Panama City, yeah, okay. one of those. Yeah, love it, love it. Okay. Um. So yeah, we were we were down with all the spring breakers. Um. We went to dinner one night at a at a uh, a spot where the spring breakers were definitely definitely uh having their time. Yeah, spring breaking. Uh. Yeah. You know, we went to New York and Philadelphia. You know, so spent some time with my sister. Saw Broadway play in New York. Um, yeah. Learned that the girls do not like New York. Well, Elle doesn't. Um, also, learned that Annika loves her some Times Square, and I just spent so many times going. We got raising canes at like <laughs> we got raising canes down the street. Like we uh, got the gap. Okay. Like what's so good about this Starbucks? Uh, know, we got man. a McDonald's. We it's got New a McDonald's. York City. Oh, you know, so but uh, it's authentic yeah, New man. York. <laughs> yeah, Actor. New York, man. I think if. I think if we were to go back, I think in order to really, really appreciate it is you have to go to somebody that go with somebody that has lived there. Because I think that if you're trying to find all the cool little spots yourself, like you're just not going to. I think the charm of that city is just the little pockets of neighborhoods and the little those places um i I couldn't agree more i think it's very similar to like going to a foreign country Uh, you know like my time any of the times that i you know spend in different places or like a time in mexico i think i I, what was something that i always said i I would want to go back with someone who knew right the right places to go spoke the right language now new york city it's it's the same language sort of same way you just go with somebody who knows where to go speaks the language uh yeah yeah, exactly i mean it's pretty much the same scenario even though you you gotta speak the speak the right language in new york man uh and yeah, it no, is man, I mean, it's just a, it doesn't surprise me that L didn't love it. Yeah, she, also too. I, I can get you that. Know, it, and like a hundred percent that Annika would love it. Like it's no. just their personalities. Now what Annika didn't like was the uh Annika didn't like the the walking everywhere. Mm. But you know, I mean you 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 know, and I think that um yeah, I mean it's it's New York, man. It's kind of a it's kind of what I expected. Um yeah. but I, I think also like for me when I think of vacation, I don't think of going from four RPMs to eight. Like I think of going from four RPMs to two. That's that's where I I think to your point, that's where if you go with, if you find a local, someone, you know, who knows the right spots, then that's what would alleviate some of that. Right. Because you end up in the very touristy, which end up being the very busy, busy parts of that city. And it's intense. I mean, there is no doubt. And I think like we don't the Midwest and, the you know, I do think I'm going to say two parts of this one. I do think like the, East Coast people too often use the like excuse of, well, you know, that's just how we do it out here. We're just, you know, we're just quick and, you know, to be rude, which is really a weird, you know, kind of thing to think, well, that's just how we are out here. But I also think that it is, and it's, it's okay to accept that they're, 
they're just culturally quicker. Everything's faster, right? So I don't, it's more about like, it's not that I'm being rude all the time. I think it's just sometimes a level of speed there, right? So I don't have time to say, thank you. I really appreciate that friend or whatever it is, you know, when right. you open the door for me or whatever, like, I'm just actually not going to open the door for you. I'm just going to go right through it. And you're going to do the same thing because we don't have time, you know, for, you know, the, the yeah. you're going to get ran over. Yeah, the general pleasantries of and the very simple things that I think we do often take for granted kind of here culturally. And there's so there are I've noticed that in California, too, is the same thing driving right driving there is the same thing out west where like, if you let people over if you're friendly, if you're like, Oh, I'm going to kind of help be helpful. That is terrible idea. And you're actually messing up everything just go. It's it's you, you, you're, if you're being more helpful and more smart by being more selfish and being more like, no, I don't care about you over here, friend. I'm just going as fast as I can right on this guy's ass because that's what you're supposed to do here. You know, yeah. like if I move out of the way, then you can come in. If I stop, then I'm going to screw everything up because I, you don't you don't know how to react to what I'm doing. Right. And here it's the exact opposite, right? Where we get mad. It's like, why isn't this guy getting over? You know, why, yeah. why can't I, you know, this is just general Midwestern, you know, kindness that we, again, it, it is funny. So I, again, I can see where Elle is knowing her, you know, and knowing, yeah. and I think for certain people's personalities, it's just, it's too much, you know, it's like, it's too, too much. Well, and then the, uh, kind of the last thing that I'll share that was kind of a big highlight, I guess, um, was uh you know we had uh we worked a lot with our softball girls and yeah. uh you know to kind of see those little littles cap off a uh a championship season even if it's just a little rec league you know but they they worked hard they came out and they were intense and they listened to they took their coaching and they uh they came out and they brought it and brought you it. know so to kind of see them win a championship on the field and the joy on their face of like to a to a girl um, was like just as honestly one of the highlights of the year. Like I, I think it's one of those things where you uh, I look, man, coaching youth sports, even at a rec league is a very frustrating thing. Like you have such a, you have such a dispersed level of skill, ability, talent, and quite frankly, want to like some of these kids are like, I don't even want to be here. Like I, I'm just here because my parents signed me up and they're making me come. I don't want to be here. Right. And so then you're trying to get them to be part of a team and buy in and you know all this stuff. And they, they couldn't care less, man. They just they're they don't want to be there. Uh, right. but like that team and I, I do think that it, it's also easier when you start having success. Like you get you go out and you just get steamrolled every game. It's hard to get people to buy in, like, hey, all right, guys, we're really trying, but they're just better than us. Right. Um, you know, so but I think that um I don't know, man. I think when these girls can, I, I think the thing that I, I really appreciated about that group of kids was that we worked them really, really hard and we pushed them and we challenged them and they rose to the challenge. And then I think the life lesson for them is that they saw that when you do get pushed and you do work hard and you do get challenged and you do rise to the challenge, that there is a reward mm -hmm. that is at the end of that, you know? So, I, I mean, I hope that's, at least I hope that's what they take. They probably they've probably completely forgotten about it. Like, oh yeah, I guess we did win that championship, but uh, we got ice cream after every game too, no, <laughs> snacks after every game. 
No, I think, you know, when it comes to that type of thing, when you're dealing with young people, you know, I, I think it's hard for them to verbalize, you know, probably the the impact that it has on them. But I think that, you know, our own experiences, right, in whatever level of success or not success that we've had in, you know, whatever it is, you know, it could be sports growing up or whatever it is, it's impactful, you know, and it, it matters. So that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. So that's, uh, and again, it goes to show you that, like, when you have good intentions and when you're working with, you know, students, young people, whatever, that that's like the most, um, you know, rewarding thing that there is. So it's awesome. Yeah. They, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's volunteer stuff too, you know? So, I mean, you are kind of, it's a, big it's bucks a sense of give, yeah, no, not, not being a, uh, not being they're a, getting a all that, coach. that softball I know, knowledge man. for free. I mean, that just yeah, all that, like, all that knowledge, man, they're getting, they're getting top wow. flight knowledge for free. So, uh, but, uh, you know, man, 2023, like I said, it was one of the best years, if not the best years that I had had, you know, and definitely recent memory. Um, and so, um, so it, it's funny how, like, when you have a good year, you get a little nervous about the next year, you know, because it's, it's kind of like, okay, what do you do after you've won, right? Like, you got to go back. And I, I think that it goes back to our conversation about um, a little bit about the Chiefs and Chiefs fans and, you know, the expectations just continue to get to get said it's like okay well we won a super bowl now you want another one well we need to win them back to back okay well teams have won a back to back now we got to go three right and and you you have a target on your back and you know and then you look around at like like one of the things about the chiefs that i noticed this year after that second super bowl mahomes and kelsey are celebrities like they've transcended being athletes they're celebrities like I mean, the amount of times those dudes were on commercials, yeah. you know, and then from a football standpoint, from a fan standpoint, you start going, huh, well, I wonder every time they're shooting a commercial, if they could have been out throwing the ball to Valdez Scantling or Kadarius Tony or, you know, like Sky Moore been out there throwing the ball to somebody, you know, but, but look, these guys are high enough level that their skill stacking and stuff like that, that that stuff is not something, you know, it's kind of like, like when I go coach little league softball or basketball or something like that, like people aren't yelling at me on the street. If I have like a bad deal, hey, stick to business broker. Right? Yes. Like, I'm, they're, not, they're not going like, Oh, well, you know, if this guy wasn't out here coaching these, these basketball teams or, you know, doing this other stuff, man, he would have d- done a better job on that deal. Like you, you don't get that in your everyday life. So, you know, like if you were to do something, like you're to have a bad day or week or month at work, man, the public's not going like, well, you know, Campbell wasn't working hard enough on the off season. Right. He was doing doing too many uh, state farm commercials and stuff. He did too many commercials. Like he started dating a celebrity. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's a, it goes back to what we just said and what I, what, and it's kind of full circle to our conversation of that work-life balance, right? And what we have to remember is that they are very much, right, they're professionals and they know what they're doing. And that ultimately, you know, if they're able to balance that, I mean, I think, let's be honest, and no no, no professional sports guys really want to say this much because it's a little bit taboo. But I'm sorry, Andy, you know what it's like to have a baby, 
right? To have yeah. young children. And so that man now has, and, and you also, I think, know the level, we both know the level of multiple young children, right? And the, the, the like home, not, I don't want to call it stress, but like, I, I guess it is, you know, it's just the level of like, that adds to your, and if you're being a good dad, which I assume the kid is a, seems to be a jam up guy, which I assume he's trying to be the best dad he can be too. And the best husband he can be as well. That like, that's a huge burden now having yeah. a little small baby that he, you know. Well, look, man, you babies can, you might have an intention of, uh, all right, I'm going to be, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. I'm going to go to bed at 9 o'clock, get up at 5 a.m. I'm going to hit the workout. Look, you might get to bed at 9 o'clock, but that baby might decide that 1030 you're waking up and 1130 and 1230. And, you know, and then. And let's say it's your wife, because honestly, what I hear, which he said out loud, I think many times, which I do think is what women oftentimes moms, I should just say moms in scenarios do take a huge part of that burden. And it sounds like and that's what I've heard him say out loud is like. Brittany, I'm blessed that she does a ton of that. But when your wife does that, that takes a toll on you, right? Like, I don't think that people realize that. Like, if 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 your wife is getting up, right, with the baby, that means she's getting up out of bed or whatever it is every night at a certain times. And like, so regardless of how much I'm sure she is doing what she can do to kind of release that burden for him at times professional because of his professional commitments, like there's no way that it doesn't affect you. And I think it's yeah. hard as media, it's hard as media people to go, well, because it sounds like you're blaming the baby, right? You're blaming the, well, you know, like it's probably the baby, right? It's all this commitment that's keeping you up at night, like in your commitments elsewhere and things like that. But I just think that that's one underrated thing that we kind of forget about often with these human beings that are playing these sports that they do have their own personal lives and having a child in particular is like one of the biggest and hardest things to maneuver and once they become like and you also know like there's a level of they get to one they get to two there's milestones that take that ease that off right but like make it less of a burden they can actually you know use the restroom on without you know like your help you know or like just simple things yeah. that like make it easier as it goes along but that takes time you know and so i i just and what i hope for andy and i'll go for wishes right before i know we it's about time to wrap things up but my big wish for my like the football season at least currently is that and whether this happens or not i don't know but i would love for us to just like go out and beat the dolphins like 45 to 3 and score and just like score at will and i swear like i don't care what happens after that i just want all the media i want all the the, the, the nfl to just go uh-oh you know like we uh-oh the, the old chiefs are back right just for one full like five days where the whole nfl is shitting themselves because wait a minute, they did just really turn it on in the playoffs. Like, you know, like Mahomes literally can just hit a switch and these dudes can now put up 40 and he can throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns again. You know, now again, if the next week we go out and we lose, you know, you know, 10, 20, you know, 30 to 10, the opposite way. It will be worth it almost just to have that one couple few days of, oh, my God, they're back. That's my wish. Yeah, man. I, I don't think that, you know, I had, I had some friends that I uh, was on the text chain with that are uh, Colts fans, you know, mm -hmm. and they're like, mm -hmm. man, disappointing end of the season as usual. 
Like, I, I, there's only one team that's happy with the way their season ends. And sure. I, I don't know that it necessarily – I mean, it's a little bit of bragging rights as far as like, um, oh, dude, your team didn't even make the playoffs. What are you talking to me for? Or, yeah, we got to the AFC Championship game. You, you guys didn't even get out of the wild card round. So, you know, I think that stuff always just lives. But, man, it's – look, it's it's really kind of like if your team doesn't win the Super Bowl, like nobody's – Nobody's walking away going, man, yeah, that was that was that was good. Um, or ultimately, you know, if it if your expectations are real lofty, like I think there's some teams like, hey, you know, we were a one win team, like the Texans, for example. We were we were garbage. We won our division. That's huge. Now would they love mm. to go out and make some noise in the wild card round and but they're gonna be you know, super and, sad when they go out. Then the next yeah. day or the next cup, maybe after a month or so, they're good they'll be able to kind of well, and I think yeah. Look at it. I I think it's one of those things too, where you see a team like Jacksonville, that oh. like Detroit came in. You know, Detroit didn't make the playoffs last year. Like I don't know if a lot of people remember that, but they they did not make the playoffs. No. They beat the Packers on the last game of the season, but they had already been eliminated. Right. And so their job, they only eliminated the Packers. Right. And so they come in, and you know, and I think that the Lions were what the Jags thought they were going to be. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just crazy to kind of look at, like, these NFL seasons when you look at, like, week 14 on. I saw a graphic that I think the Dolphins had, like, in, after week 14, the Dolphins had, like, a 92% chance of winning the the AFC East. And then by the time it actually got to that game last night, they were um, – it was 55-45 to the Bills to win that division. So – I mean, man, it's just crazy. These script writers are doing a great job keeping us intrigued. Um, you know, I just don't I, – like I said, I saw the, the leaked script, and I, I just don't think a lot of people are really going to – I don't just don't think this year's script is as good as last year's. That's that's all I'm saying. Sequels are never, never as good. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, man, let's get out of here. Um, I guess I actually probably should get back to – get back to my day job the one that actually pays since we, we right. talked about that so <laughs> all right man we'll talk soon uh you know we might be uh yeah you know it's going to be football from here out for that's the next right. few for weeks a little bit. that's right for and it will bit, be 2024 so. like we're you know yeah. we'll be you know we're, we're taking long breaks but it, it'll at least be this year it won't be yeah. 20 yeah we yeah we're not going to come back with like a uh a... <laughs> all right man hey all right, let's go. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about training camp opening. Exactly. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking forward to in the first game of the season here? Exactly. All right, Matt. I'll talk to you. All right. See y'all. All right, man. See ya. Bye.